Hello and welcome to episode 135 of Q&A Quest. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, a legendary within the luminary, Luminary's line, David Inferno, Fanboy Master. Uh, Gaijin should be along in a bit, and we have returning guest... You want me to talk now? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Joe Hanley. I was Smoking Joe 86 on Discord. Um, I'm no longer with RP Gamer, but I was still invited to be on the podcast. So how about that? We still love you. Yes. Nice. <laughs> and um, I want to start by saying um, the main reason I came on here was to talk about the Sega Genesis uh, mini console. And my proposed title for this episode was don't do what Nintendo does. And then, and then in parentheses, we could have made that a little clearer. <laughs> Listen, I'm ready for the Boy Scouts in the Hood episode reference. So. <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, then we can't be friends. <laughs> I don't know if I can fit that whole thing, but I'll try. You better to at least try. <laughs> I'm just really looking forward to like I've got a Super Nintendo Classic and I've got a Sega Genesis Mini and I'm really looking forward to when the Turbo Graphics Mini comes out and I can put them all in a room and see if they fight. Yeah, I mean, like, or at least you know try to make them fight. It, it seems like the thing that they should do, but they haven't. Like the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis have not taken much initiative. I'm a little ashamed of them. Yeah. This was their one chance to kill each other. Oh, did you read that book, um, Console Wars, came out years ago? Uh, I did not, though I read about it. Wasn't that option for a film at one stage? That was very strange. I don't know. Yeah, but I thought it was a cool book. A lot of stuff that I didn't know about both companies. So, it's pretty neat. Yeah. The downfall of Sega of America, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of Tom Kalinske being said. Yeah. Uh, that guy was awesome. Yeah, what did he go on to do afterwards? Okay, so yeah, a film adaptation of the book directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg was announced in February 2014, which has since transitioned into a limited television series. Hmm. So that'll okay. be interesting whatever weird bespoke streaming service it ends up on. Maybe it'll end up on the new Disney streaming service. That apparently, would be cool. Apparently CBS has access to it, and they're claiming that it's being put on CBS All Access. So Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to get that for Picard anyway. So <laughs> Hopefully that's out by then. Because that show looks dope. I'm just... Now I'm just thinking about the fact that Sega intended to release the Dreamcast with the name Sega Katana. They actually put logos out. Well, it wouldn't have made oh. it any better. It'd still be garbage. No. <laughs> I had a good time uh, telling Wheels about my interest in playing Shenmue again and properly finishing it this time. Oh, God, why? No! Stop! <laughs> I told you I'm interested in the history of open-world game design, and Shenmue is, well, like, the first in 3D. I, I can weigh in on this one. Um, <gasps> I, did, I did not have a Dreamcast for many years, and then one day I went into... A game exchange, which is a local uh, used game store, yeah, and bought a Dreamcast. And then I went in there another day, and they had Shenmue, and I had heard so many good things about it. And I thought, well, I gotta buy it. <laughs> and I made, 
I made two separate attempts to play that game, and it was basically 90 minutes of walking around, listening to bad voice acting, and having no clue what the hell I was supposed to do. Oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. So I gave up and traded it. I have played it briefly on a rental, which was not enough time to work out what on earth was happening. Nope. I played more of Shenmue 2 because that was very cheap at the GameStop at one point. Uh, but it's interesting. I think it's important, but perhaps not good. <laughs> yeah. So I recommend both of you guys go back and check out the RPG backtrack about Shenmue. Which is mostly like two hours of me and Mike Minky at being absolutely merciless to the series. I feel like I should point uh, out that's barely an RPG. Yeah, you know. It's really more an adventure corner candidate, but... Is it true that Shenmue basically invented quick-time events? That it gave it the name, but Sega itself had already been using them before that. They're in Die Hard Arcade. Oh, I had never thought of that. And that's I love that game. Yeah, that's yeah that game's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, they're in that. They don't have a name. Shenmue gave them a name. Shenmue also gave itself a new genre name that no one has ever used, sadly. Because they called it... it was Its genre was free, which stood for full reactive eyes entertainment. That's terrible. Yeah, it's that's incredible. It's incredible. I love it. <laughs> that's just plain uh, awful. <laughs> But Shenmue, I love Shenmue's weird development history of, like, it's 1994, Virtua Fighter is hot, and Yu Suzuki is like, yes, Virtua Fighter RPG. And then five years later, what emerges after $76 million is Shenmue. (laughs) (laughs) A game that has nothing to do with Virtua Fighter, doesn't really look like it, but it's like a weird, twisted mutant of an RPG and, like, a 90s, like, LucasArts adventure game mixed with Animal Crossing. (laughs) A little bit of GTA in there, right? Like, I I would say, like, that's why I'm counting it as part of the history of open-world game design, but, like, you're... When you don't want to do anything in GTA, your default mode of response to the world is to start blowing it up. Right. Whereas when you don't want to do something in Shenmue, your default response to the world is to start uh, buying things out of vending machines. And playing old Genesis games, right? Uh, arcade games, mostly. Are there Genesis games? I think it's just arcade games. They're both anachronistic. Okay. That's incredible to me that, like, oh, that game takes place in, like, 1984, but there's Sega arcades stocked with things that shouldn't exist yet. See, wow. I must, I must have played the game wrong, because my reaction to that was to sell my Dreamcast. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't even have time to play Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, no. no. You didn't have time to play Grandia 2. I p- did play it and finished Grandia 2. You didn't have time to play Skies of Arcadia. Saving that oh. for a rainy day, man. Well, well, you, you got to have... play the GameCube version on that one. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. That's what I got. You yeah. didn't have time to play Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Dude. Come on. <laughs> that that the... theme music is in, ingrained in my brain forever. I've played way too much I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> uh, didn't have time to play Choo Choo Rocket. Yeah, fuck that. Didn't have time to play Soccer Wars 4. Wait, wait. wait. We can say fuck? 
Yes. Occasionally. Wheel says it a lot. You never, you never actually listen to this show like I told you to. Of course I have. <laughs> How dare you? Well, I, guess, I support my friends. Well, I guess then you just never happen to hear me swear. <laughs> he didn't have time to play Evolution 2. I did. and I played well, Evolution. That was ugh. pretty good. <laughs> Wow, well, I think you're the only person I've ever met that was like anything Oof. other than hateful to For that game. Time, it was, that was Ubisoft, which I was surprised by. Ubisoft also published Grandia 2. I don't know what was going on with them at that time. Yeah, seriously. And then didn't, both didn't Evolution they, games hold on, put didn't together. They also like published the Lunar for DS? They published Lunar for DS and Lunar for GBA. What the wow. fuck? Did you, um, did you play Record of Lodos War? Oh man, that's a very Dreamcast question to ask someone. <laughs> right, that was a an interesting Diablo clone. Um, I played a few hours of it. Thought it was pretty good. Would have preferred it on PC, obviously with mouse and keyboard, but yeah. I thought it was decent. Yeah. My favorite thing about Record of Lodos War is like looking up its origins in Japan, and it's like, oh, this was literally someone's D and D campaign that became like an animated series. Wow. <laughs> And it's like, you look it up and look at the various animated versions of it, and it's like, obviously this is a D&D campaign, because it has very little going on in it. <laughs> it's like a first campaign, like you're just making sure that everyone understands how it works. Uh, but I believe it has its own series of derivative uh, pen and paper RPGs now, which makes <laughs> wow. it even bizarre. It's like Inception-level shit. Yeah. <laughs> Then again, I, from what I've heard, there's an Etrian Odyssey tabletop RPG in Japan, so think well, about that. There, there's a tabletop RPG from Wendy's, so, you know. Well, yeah, but that one sucks, so let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> now, here, here's the part where I try to give Wheels a stroke. Oh, God, oh, no. I what are you going to do? I don't really like Etrian Odyssey. That's fine. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Didn't quite work. Boiled again. <laughs> no, here, here's a... Uh, Listen, I can I can absolutely understand anyone not liking any sort of first person like dungeon crawler. It's a very even Persona Q. Even Persona Q, yes. It's a it's a very much like I don't know how to say it. Like not necessarily of the time, but it's a very like specific taste. It, is it yeah. like the is it like the cheap beer of video games? Wow, kind of higher taste. No. <laughs> It's no. it's similar to roguelikes. Yeah. And I don't mean roguelikes like things like Enter the Gungeon that have roguelike mechanics. No, I mean games that literally play similar to the original rogue. Games that comply with the Berlin interpretation. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um so I bought a 3DS because of Persona Q because I never wanted one and then it got to a point where there were a good 9 or 10 games I wanted and then when Persona Q came out I was like, "All right, Gotta get a 3DS. And I played it for like an hour, and I'm like, this isn't Persona. What is this? This was a lie. I've been tricked. <laughs> you lied to and, me through song. I hate when and, people and, do that. <laughs> and now you're really going to hate me, because I traded my 3DS and all the games for it. It's just weird. I don't, I'm not even going to hate you. I'm just confused. <laughs> well, I ended up getting like $400 in store credit at GameStop, so it worked out. And I used that to get... Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion, Pokemon Sword, and a couple other things. So All right, I guess it panned out. That's a pretty damn yeah. good haul. So yeah. good set of games. 
I keep forgetting Luigi's Mansion is the end of this month. I'm dying. Halloween. I'm literally dying. I'm going to get sucked up by a vacuum. It's terrible. <laughs> Please send help. But yeah, as is probably clear, we don't have a lot of questions this week, so... Uh, we don't? I'm just, just pulling them up. Uh, there's none from the previous episode, and the one before that we largely cleaned out. Sad face. Oh, well, remember that time um, you guys were like talking about Pokemon, and I was like, how many licks does it take for a lick-a-tongue to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know if you answered that question. I feel like the res- the correct response would mostly be uh, its tongue is so large that I think that inherently it sort of is always at the center. It's like a zen cone. Oh, okay. That, that's deep. <laughs> that's some deep shit right there. It's impossible for it to it is impossible for it to lick it without licking every part of it. There's too much tongue there. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> well. Well, I'm I'm glad that we're back in 1999. It's Matrix jokes time, dude. Where's my yeah. car? Wow, where's your, where's your car, dude? Dude. Oh. Yes, I know that was a terrible movie, and I still loved it. Okay, leave me alone. Well, I was, I, well, yeah. I was just waiting for you guys to do the one scene from the movie that I remember happening, which is just the "What does yours say, dude? What does yours say, sweet?" <laughs> Idiots. Your tattoo says, dude. Your tattoo says, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the most I've thought about that movie in at least a decade. Um, and then... You know, it, it's a weird movie to watch in context of the Me Too movement, you know? It's one of those movies where you're like, this is definitely kind of sexist and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like less the, comfortable about this than I did in 2002. Yeah. It's a lot of bad things. <laughs> You know, like the part the part at the end when they give the girlfriends the gifts and then their boobs get bigger. It's like when I was a teenager, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And now it's like, oh, maybe that's not as funny as it used to be. Yeah. I can't go back to being 17 anymore. It just won't work. <laughs> when I was 17. Oh, no, no, we're not. I drank it. some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased. <laughs> With a fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17. Well, I hate myself for taking part in that. Did a great job, mate. Well, we are at a critical mass of Simpsons fans. Yeah, this is getting unsettling. We are. Oh. Did I hear this correctly? Every Simpsons episode will be on Disney's streaming service. Disney Plus, they're exactly. supposed to be. They Simpsons used to have a horrible dis- bespoke uh, freaking streaming service just for it called Simpsons World that is going away so that Disney Plus can just have all of it. So how did I not know about that? It required like a cable subscription. It's just weird. Uh, you just answered that question. Yeah. It was one of those horrible things where it's like, yes, we have these episodes streaming online. Cough up your cable bill data so that we can tell that you paid for it. Yeah. Hate that. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Well, right now, I'm on the um, Hulu live TV service right now because, you know, it's the fall season. So I want to watch Young Sheldon, 
But of mm. course, it doesn't have AMC, so I still got to pay for Walking Dead. Uh. Oh, we're just doing uh, we're just doing old TV again, except now you have to pay for every channel a la carte rather than having a convenient way to get all of them. I, know, I always liked the concept of only buying the channels you want, but that was under the assumption that they'd be like two or three bucks each, but no. Nope. Everyone no. thinks that they have enough everyone thinks they have enough content to merit being like thirteen dollars each, and it's just like, no, you aren't that interesting, no, I promise. Sorry, DC. <laughs> oh, I remember oh having to sign up for some Yahoo service just to watch like the last season of community. Yeah, it was uh-huh. Yahoo Screen. That doesn't even exist anymore, by the way. Good. It's incredible. That season of community still exists somewhere. Uh it's definitely available through memes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait what happened to what was it six seasons in a movie where's the damn movie god damn it dan Harmon got too busy doing rick and morty yeah and, and what's up with rick and morty we're finally getting season four but it's only five episodes what i don't know they ordered like 70 at once so i have what? like wow they, huh wow yeah they ordered like 70 so i would imagine that they're just going to like belch some out once every six or so months. Oh, okay. It seems like uh, it's probably likely. It's it's sort of like how every time a Netflix show gets a second season, people have to work out, is this actually a second season, or is it just what wasn't finished when you decided to launch the first part of the show? True. But I guess we'll find out. But, yeah, that's, that's why we don't get a movie. Everyone moved on. Dan Harmon's a Rick and Morty man now, and everyone else does other things. I think uh, Abed does a voice on the frickin' DuckTales show now. It's one of the triplets. <laughs> that show is awesome. It is. But, yeah. Uh, now, how fast can you guys beat the original DuckTales game on NES? I think I can do it in about nine minutes. Uh, yeah, I've never not, really devoted myself to speedrunning. I think it would take me at least half an hour. I want to get into it, but it turns out I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I mean, like we're we're looking at a speedrun that's very competitive because a lot of people played it, and also that can get very optimized to the point of being like five minutes long. So that's understandable. Just find like yeah. a game that nobody is speedrunning, and then you can be, then you can be the champ. Number one, oh, wow. in, number one in the world at Mondu's Fight Palace. Well, I can do. Uh, you could be. See. You can be a world champion, Bubsy speedrunner. No, Bubsy Bub- has competitors. Oh, are you? Fu- it's what? too well known, dude. Anything that you like. There's a reason right. I went for Mondu's Fight Palace. If I had mentioned its more common name, people might have actually known what I was talking about. Oh, shit. Well, I just played through uh, Resident Evil Seven three more times oh, to get like, yeah, to get trophies and stuff, and I. I beat it on easy in three hours, Man. and speedrunners can do it on Madhouse in under two. Jeez. Yeah, speedrunners are creepy. Yeah. I was thinking that Resident Evil, today I was thinking that Resident Evil's progeny has had, had a very good generation this uh, generation, because you got Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 2 Remake, and The Evil Within 2, all of which are incredibly good. Yeah, I, I'm um, celebrating Halloween by just playing horror games and watching horror films. Nice. So that's why I did Resident Evil 7. Um, yeah, the RE2 remake I've already played through seven times and got plenty yeah, of achievements. It's crazy. Um, 
I I did. I beat the hunk mode and tried tofu mode, and it's that's absurd. There, <laughs> I, I don't know how to get through that. Um, if you haven't spent much time with it, I'd recommend Evil Within two. Even though Evil Within one is kind of a disappointment. Yeah, I own Evil Within two. I've yet to put it in. I'm I've been meaning to. Um, I wanted to play through Bloodstained again, nice. and it just got added to blo- to uh, Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So I thought, cool, let me play through it again and get achievements. I already platinumed it on PS4. Mm-hmm. So I just finished that like yesterday. Um, nice. And I was supposed to review that game, and I just I submitted a rough draft and just never got around to editing. So sorry, oh, Alex. Sorry, it's fine, it's fine Josh. Man. Listen, yeah. listen, reviewing is a tough process, and I don't think it takes ever, a long time. We don't ever fault anyone for failing to complete it so yeah and i just i just had stuff going on so i i just you know wanted to i wanted to move on to other things but also just just had a lot of weird stuff going on lately so it's healthy to just admit when it's just not gonna happen yeah yeah and um we kind of talked about this already well me and wheels did but i did i was gonna review trails of cold steel and i'm telling you i could not get through that game (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what it was. I just it's like a visual novel. There's so much pointless dialogue. And and we've talked you about this to, on other You have to care a podcasts. lot about the dialogue for it to matter. Yeah. Uh, it's like I don't have the patience for these mountains of dialogue. Have and, you played a visual novel? Uh no, not really. Yeah, it it's less or at least it feels less. Well, it's pro it's paced out by other things. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it feel like less, not, even though it probably actually got a longer script than most visual novels. Yeah, not that I've played a visual novel, but I've played a visual you novel. Played, uh, you, SRPG. you played Tears to Tiara too, which, let me point out, like, Tears to Tiara as a concept was originally just a porno visual novel, so. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I played every story mode in every Blaze Blue game. Does that count? Yeah. Those are novels. The, 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 yeah, the, they made a they made a visual they made a they, they made an actual game. visual novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they made a Blaze Blue game with no fighting. They just called it X Blaze. Well, yeah. let me tell you about Tears to Tiara too, where there was a five-hour prologue with no battles before. There was a point the where, game. like, I was talking to Wheels as he started that game, and he was starting to wonder if he had done something to it that caused it to not have gameplay. <laughs> This was before he just fell asleep while playing it. Yes. Oh my god. But yeah, that's uh, I don't know. Like everyone has a different point of tolerance. We can treat this like a Q and A question because I think it's a reasonable one. Like everyone has a different point of tolerance for like how much is too much, and it's. I mean, how much do you gel with the writing? Like, I know a lot of people who skip through like ninety percent of the dialogue in Persona, and it's like, no, I'll sit through all that because I just want to watch people yell at each other. Yeah, a lot of the well, pe- <laughs> appeal of the Trails of Cold Steel series is like the world building, which yeah. is yeah. dialogue and and what I and the reason I like this because I'm obviously not going to be someone that likes the mountains of text in a visual novel. Why I like the Trails of Cold Steel more is because I can. Number one, there's a lot more gameplay, but number two, I can kind of choose, pick and choose what information I actually want to digest and s- skip stuff mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, like, well, Persona 5, I read all the dialogue for the first, oh, 50, 60 hours of that game. <laughs> and and then I get, and then towards the end, I'm just like, I just want to beat it. I just want to beat it, you know. 
Meanwhile, I'm waiting for Royal with bated breath to just play it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that the other thing is Trails of Cold Steel Part 1 is obviously a lot of build-up, so... Yeah. Yeah, like, at the time, it wasn't even clear how much build-up, because it's like, there's a Trails of Cold Steel 2, is there... We, we don't have it yet, is that a finish? No. <laughs> what about 3? That's not a finish either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, I, I believe I, 4 finishes the game, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it, but I have not come close to finishing Part 1, and that's not because I don't like the game, it's just because a lot of stuff comes out. I think that's uh, also a healthy thing to remember. It's like you can love a game and still not actually finish it just for any number of reasons. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, I, a lot of reason I love that game is because I love the combat and not even like uh, the, the, well, love the story and the world and whatnot. But, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's not for everyone. Um, just like, you know, I can, visual novels are clearly not for me and I try not to, to bash on them, even though I think some of them are probably way too verbose, but people dig them. So obviously there's something there. So I don't know. Yeah. Obviously there's something to Fortnite, although God knows what it is. Uh, I can tell you what it is cause I've played it. What? Um, you shoot someone and they turn into a mountain. Well, that and just... <laughs> this, I hate Battle Royale games. I suck at them. They're not for me. But there's a certain excitement to like jumping into the game, getting cool gear, and like progressing Listen. towards winning a match. It's The way I described it, it was sort of... It's, it, this is like a first-person shooter, a PvP roguelike type thing. Listen, yeah. we had a good time playing Apex Legends. We did, yeah, that was fun. And my sister pulled us to second place in one match. That was incredible. And we did almost nothing. We, we bumbled super hard, like basically just <laughs> essentially three stoogesing into each other yes. several times. Wow. But so, I had a good time. I learned yeah. a lot about flying around. It, it helped that it had a lot of mechanics from Titanfall that had just been split up among six different characters. Yeah. <laughs> But I want Titanfall 3, damn it. We all do, man. We all do, okay? But I was one of, like, the 18 people that actually purchased Titanfall 1 when it was new on Xbox One. Hey, I bought it on 360, man. What? Yeah. That was a weird version. It worked, though. It worked really well. I mean, I would believe anything of Bluepoint, so yeah, I believe it you. It was crazy <laughs> impressive. It's like, say. it's one of those, like, there's that handful of companies that it's just like, if they're the ones doing the port, I'll believe anything about it. It's like Blue Point, Panic Button, like, you could claim anything about something that they've done. And it's like, yeah, no, that, that tracks. Yeah, that was a ridiculous port. Like, absolutely rock solid. I believe it ran at 30 FPS instead of 60, but, I, I mean, it was just... I don't know how they did it. It's as long as it was magic. a smooth 30, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll Titan. take smooth 30 over variable 30 to 60. Yeah. Fair. Uh-huh. That, that's my thing. If you can't do 60 solid, then do 30 solid. Don't give me that 40 to 50 crap. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I mean, it was. I, I I missed Titanfall. That's that's the end of that. 
Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. At least, oh. at least they're getting <clears throat> getting to make a Star Wars game, which looks really good. Jedi Fallen Order does look good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So maybe they well they're making the bucks with Apex. Maybe Star Wars also does well. Maybe they'll throw them a Titanfall bone. I um expecting way too much from EA. That's not going to happen. Yeah. What's up with EA, man? Money, 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 <laughs> money, money. Ain't that the truth? Oh, $20? I wanted a peanut. <laughs> $20 can buy him any peanuts. Explain 20. how. <laughs> money can be exchanged for goods and services. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> That was also from Boy Scouts in the Hood, wasn't That's it? That's a really good episode. It is. I think season five might be my favorite. Yeah, four and five are up there for me, totally. <laughs> ah, Simpsons RPGs, when? Yes, please. Uh, yeah, huh? Whenever your characters are low on health, it'll just be like a Ralph thing that pops up. I'm in danger! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm not prepared for a Ralph-based tutorial. <laughs> Me run out of HP? That's impossible. <laughs> Get off the stage, Ralphie. <laughs> My cat's breath smells like cat food. Oh, we're going to bad places. Also, I'm still cursing Wheels for reminding me of the existence of The Simpsons wrestling like half an hour ago. <laughs> Did you play that? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, good, good. Just forget, forget anything was mentioned. Okay. <laughs> Did you play Simpsons skateboarding wheels? Yeah, I tried all the, I tried all that shit, oh, man. I'm I, so sorry, you and I together. And <laughs> At I least never, hit and run was okay. I never did get around to hit and run. That one's pretty decent. I know it is. I just you gave up, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like uh, Simpsons Road Rage. That one's got an interesting rabbit hole because that one was originally... You know how that one's split into seven levels? Yeah. Uh, indications based on the E3 build are that it was originally supposed to be just one giant map. Oh, wow. They split it up seemingly due to having issues. Not They, didn't, they hadn't worked out how to get the data streaming properly on the PS2 version, so they split it into levels. I think the PS2 is still the highest-selling console of all time. Something like 140 uh, mil. It and DS are in like some sort of death lock, depending upon who last gave data. Yeah, okay. But if you're talking home console, then yes, it's still number one with a bullet. But PS2, I mean, that was a weak system, you know? Like, the GameCube ports of those games were just so much better. Like, it, was, it was a complicated system, like... Yeah. It, it wasn't it oh god <laughs> you know people make fun of the emotion engine and that is a really bad name but people don't make like i'm going to i'm going to pull out that people don't make enough fun of the fact that the ps3's gpu was called was referred to as the reality synthesizer oh jeez what what <laughs> <laughs> wow god. from now on i'm going to be nicer to my son and meaner to my dad sony <laughs> Oh, nay. Uh, 
But yeah, no, the emotion engine was like it, it would be wrong to say it was a weak system, but it was definitely the weakest of the ones that survived. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to rem- like. I'm trying to remember what the other systems even internal internals were called. Like most of the Xbox's internals don't have special code names. Like it's just here was a Pentium three that we slightly tweaked. But uh, GameCube, I remember it's it's called some part of it was called Flipper. It was the part mm-hmm. that I can't remember if that was the GPU or not. Flipper. Uh, yeah, Flipper, because it was the dolphin. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah, they had a theme. That's also why Super Mario Sunshine takes place on Isle Delfino. Yeah, I figured that one out. I was expecting Wheels to be the confused one. <laughs> see. Okay. Flipper... But yeah, it was one of those situations where uh, it's one of those weird situations where obviously, like the later systems, definitely showed that they were they were also just less mean architecturally. Because I mean, I, I think I complained about this a couple podcasts ago, but it still bothers me ever since I read it, which was that the PS2's uh, part of the reason that PCSX2 has a lot of weird issues is that. Uh, in terms of like sort like polygon sorting and seams, is that the PS2's uh, the PS2 floating point operations do not conform to the standard used by any other computer on the planet? <laughs> God, why? <laughs> What's this IEEE shit? Uh. Uh, yeah, so. That's fun. That's great. They they could kind of get away with it that time, but that that prince. Oh man, I I looked up this amazing amazing interview with Mark Cerny that happened right when the uh, PS3, uh, right when the PS4 was announced, I should say, where they were talking. He was talking fairly candidly about the problems Sony had during the PS3 era, and he talked about how. Uh, the the oh, what was it? Uh, he talked about how Sony's internal thought process when they uh, started working on the PS3 was: "This is great. We're so far ahead of un- in understanding the system compared to third parties. Our games will be so much more in- like more incredible." And it's just like, guys, you're Sony. That's that's not going to be enough. <laughs> you can't subsist just on your first party. Oh, so you're no. not Nintendo after all. Pretty much. Oh, hey guys. Hello, everybody, by the way. I heard so, wait, something pop So, um, Sony doesn't do what Nintendo does? I, I don't... Not, not typically. <laughs> no, I mean, Sony is a hardware company first and foremost, so their yeah, first party should. games lineup has always been kind of weak. Um, Especially in Japan, where they don't even try. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they've had a few good ones here or there, but it's not really the norm. Whereas Nintendo started off as a toy company, and they've always really focused on having something to play. 
Yeah. Not necessarily to play with, but to play. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating to go look at Sony America's uh, output during the PS2 versus Sony's Japan, Sony Japan's output on the PS2, because it's like America is like all of these things that sort of end up being like, it's obvious who the target audience for this is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, here's uh, like Twisted Metal, God of War, like all these sorts of like very uh, like teen, uh, like late teens male uh, targeted games. And then you Power get fantasy. Yeah, and then you get Sony Japan, and they're like, "We're making Mojib Ribbon and Kuma Uta." <laughs> yeah. Congratulations if you remember what either of those are. No, I thought you were gonna say uh, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. That they stumbled into that that they were involved with, but I mean, a lot of like those two are much more representative of their output on the PS2 in Japan because it's just like here's a weird low budget experiment. Mm-hmm. Mojib Ribbon was a uh, I believe that's the one where you jump on is it okay so there's two Vib Ribbon spinoffs on the PS2 that I always mess up Vib Ripple I think is the one where you upload photographs and then jump on them and then Mojib Ribbon is the one huh? with the like calligraphy <laughs> aesthetic what? Yeah. and then Kuma Uta is a game where you train a polar bear to sing Anka songs. So, hmm. really, really shooting for that incredibly defined audience of PS2 owner who likes really old Japanese folk songs. Huh. Wow. And also horrifying synthesized voices coming out of a out of a polar bear. Mm-hmm. Uta's weird. Hmm. I'm gonna send Wheels a song from Kuma Uta and ask him to put it at the beginning or end of this oh, podcast. Oh, why do you hate everyone? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was it was weird to hear that their internal idea was like, yes, the hardware is complicated, and we're the only ones that understand it. Take that, third parties. Yeah, it's like they took everything that they learned from PlayStation 2's success and said, nope, now nah, well, let's try something different. Yeah. Oh, Imagine oh. being the company that screwed up so badly that you failed to beat Sony. Hmm. I'm a yeah. big fan of... Oh, Good man, job, some... Microsoft. Good job. Great job. Oh, they had their own um, interesting decisions. Every fast. every company oh, yes. dies the second that it thinks it's untouchable. That's the inevitable law of the wild. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to take this image of the Kuma Uta cover and just sort of put it in chat so everyone can just sort of gaze at it for a second. Cause it's, uh, it's incredibly good. Incredibly powerful. Please. I feel like you're lying to us. Please go look at it. What? What? <laughs> What? What? It's Kumota. Okay. I'm. I think I'm happy to say that I have never actually seen this game in any store. <laughs> and why yeah. did you not mention this game last week on the really weird game covers topic? Uh, I had never actually looked up its cover before. Is that? It's, it has online play. Uh, I believe you could upload, like, your videos of your bear singing to other players. Oh, that's... 
Okay. For those curious, Kuma Uta just means bear song. Yeah. Yeah. So was it like a vocal, an early Vocaloid program? Or? Basically, it's the same concept, but less sophisticated than that sounds. Oh, boy. Mm. It sounds so it really awful. Er Vocaloid. Yeah, basically. What I'm saying is that this bear is Hatsune Miku's father. <laughs> That's canon now. <laughs> That's canon. You can't unhear that. Hatsune Miku. <laughs> I never got into her, but I am a fan of Supersonico. I don't understand Vocaloids as a concept, so I just sort of leave them to people who do. What's I going to say? But yeah, Gaijin, you really came at it a time. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, we don't have a lot of questions, so I was allowed to take the reins and drive us off a cliff. There wow. Been, there's well, been lots of Simpsons references, FYI, in case we randomly also... veer into more. Well, on, well, I mean, okay. One thing I, I had actually wanted to mention last week, but I completely forgot at the time, mm-hmm. was, first of all, congratulations on one of two of the reviews for Legend of Zelda. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and... Um, Apparently that thing got like a 35 out of 40 on Famitsu, according to the previous um, Famitsu magazine release um, issue. Probably a 9998 situation. Yeah, it's a 9998. Yep. Of course, I mean, guess what Breath of the Wild got? 9998? 10, 10, 10, 10. 10. 10. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I figured that was a 40 out of 40. Those have gotten more common. They're still pretty rare. Yep. Well, hey, Um, that's the last game I reviewed before this one. (laughs) Yep. And wow. um, uh, I was just remembering because I, um, I actually hel- um, I actually did the editing for Pause's review, and it was interesting to see which parts she did not realize were part of the original release because she'd never <laughs> played the game again. <laughs> oh boy! So it's like um, you're just talking about the new option, new things like oh, the in-game help system. I'm like, uh, no, that was uh, there. Grandpa on the phone. That was part of the original game. She was like, really? Yes, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird like, uh, well, I'm well not, I, not I was happy to find weird out game, though. But just Sorry. like an advanced concept of game design to include. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I um, I was happy to discover that the bow and arrow is still prohibitively expensive, and you can still steal it. <laughs> and if you do steal it, they still call you thief for the yeah. rest of the game. I love it. Yeah, I love yes. that game. It, and if you and if you walk back into the shop afterwards, the shopkeeper will die. zap you to death. <laughs> now you will pay the ultimate price, and I'm secretly a warlock, lightning bolt. What What was so impressive about that remake to me is they basically didn't have to change anything, and it felt like a fresh modern game. That's that's how good Link's Awakening was. Yeah, I mean, Link's Awakening is like one of the original indie games, literally. Yeah love of the game because i mean it was i mean they never actually planned for it to exist <laughs> which is a fun story in itself so because so, they what what do you do when you give a not necessarily bored but very curious young game developer full access to the game boy development kit and he decides to hey let's let's port links um link to the past to the game boy let's see <laughs> how if we can do it <laughs> let's uh, let's force Grezzo to make a remake of For Frog the Bell Tolls. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. 
or however you want to translate that title. Yeah, um, I think they've translated it in a specific way in the past, but I always forget what they did. Yeah, I mean, the I mean the actual joke, the actual Japanese title is a joke on for whom the bell tolls, because yeah. the, the verb naru means tolling of the bell or croaking of the frog. It just means make a sound. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's, it's like you could honestly call it for whom the frog croaks, and it'd be, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So pause was also just really, really enjoying the game. So I suggested that she try the Oracle games sometime. Oh, smart. They're good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, same base engine, just... Um, they reuse a lot of sprites. Reuse a lot of sprites, and they also take a lot of inspiration from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So, Especially Ages. Ages is a very post-Ocarina game. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean, that's the one you have Twin Rova showing up in both of them, I guess, so... Uh, Twin Rova shows up if you like password link both of them. I think. No, you fight Twin Rova if you password link them, but they show up in the story in Ages. Yeah, oh, probably probably in um, seasons too. Seasons, I like. I played less of that because what happened was I got Ages and my brother got Seasons, so huh. we both played both, but both played obviously our own versions more. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got seasons and played that, and I don't I can't remember if we had a copy of Ages in the house or not. One of my, with one of my well, siblings, but I've never finished Ages. Well, I've got Ages. I've got Ages on the back shelf right now. I finished it like last year again for the nice. fifth time, and I'm not quite sure what happened to my copy of Seasons that I bought in France and, had, and comes in four languages. I really should find that sometime, just so I can play it in French again. Finally, test a German version. No, oh, I tried once. I mean, I knew what I was doing. I just didn't know what they were saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, okay, so w- would you be amenable to a remake of the Oracles games using the same basic engine as Link's Awakening? Hell yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Seems fine. I mean, they've already... They can reuse a lot of models. Pretty much, yeah. I think the the biggest issue they'd run into is, like... How do you sell that? Do you sell two sixty dollar Game Boy remakes, or do you put them together, or do you do something else? Like, yeah, it's a tough call. I think. Mm. No, what you do is you um, you amortize your costs because a lot of the actual engine development has already been done for Link's Awakening, and you sell two cheaper games remakes. Mm. I was imagining that you sell one at 60 but make the other one, if you own one of them, you can download the other for cheaper, like 20 uh, I mean, I mean, the biggest issue would simply be um, adapting to the game engine, but again, they've got the game engine. Um, I'm not even really talking about game engine. I'm trying. At all, literally. Yeah, I'm, not e- I'm not even talking about like game engine or technical cost. I'm talking about how you sell that to the consumer. Mm. But... You just sell it as a collection. I mean, you just end up with... Uh, it's just going to end up like the Fire Emblem uh, Conquest and Fire Emblem Fates situation. Well, yeah, I mean, only that, one that of those versions mattered anyway, so... It's okay. Wow. <laughs> Birthright is say. garbage. Sorry. I mean, I don't Sorry even disagree. <laughs> I, played birth- I played Birthright. But did you like it? Um, I never finished it, no. Okay. And I ended up selling it to put towards um, three houses. So, I mean, that's a good You've game. It's a better game than Birthright. Yeah. Uh, oh, three, three houses is amazing. Yeah. 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 Wheels is well, having a difficult time well, right now. <laughs> Let me tell you when it's not amazing. 
Oh no. Which uh which house did you pick? Oh, um I started with Dimitri's house. Blue Lions? Yeah. Um and it was okay. Like I like I like part two when he just turns psychotic. Um <laughs> maybe uh, then, uh, maybe limit your spoilers since I haven't finished it yet. Oh sorry. Uh, um, but then um then I found out that the black eagles were actually like the crazy dark evil house, but they They're weren't the really black evil. Eagles. I know. So <laughs> so I'm playing through again as them to see what, what that's all about. Uh, know. So have you just started it? Or are you not how far in are I'm you? St- still in part one as, as that okay. house. Yeah. So there is a split at some point. Okay. Look it up. That's all, that's all I'm going to say, because I don't really want to go through the specifics of how to do it, but you're going to want to look it up, because okay. I missed it, and the split that I went down, I do not like, so... Be careful! Okay. Look it up. That's all I'm going to say. Player beware, you're in for a scare. Yes. Well, Wait, I'll, just, no. I'll just say, at some point, there's a month where... Uh, Edelgard is going to invite you to go to the capital. You want to say yes. That's okay. All. That's all. And you have to, she, I think she, she, you have to have like, I want to say C or B um, relationship status. So do get somewhat friendly with her. Assuming that's the path you want to go down. But uh, Well, yeah. Is there a path where I get let get to like let her take over the world? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. So if I say yes, I can help her rise to become the evil queen who let's not conquers use the, world. the word. Let's not use the word evil. Okay. It's all in the all in the eye of the beholder. Sure it is. Yeah. Yeah, but the holder itself is a giant evil monstrosity from another dimension. Right. Okay, okay. fair. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, there's a path where you work on helping her instead of doing the opposite. Okay. And it makes more logical sense than the path I went down, which sucks. Okay. <laughs> Wheels has just been complaining about this off and on for the past oh, yes. five weeks. Because I obviously didn't have a save to like go back to, so I just have to continue down this awful path to get to New Game Plus. Oh no! Yeah, just continue in the cursed world you created. I mean, it's it's still Fire Emblem Three Houses. Wheels, the thread of prophecy has been severed. Uh, Oh boy! I remember seeing that, and that was the exact moment that I realized that I didn't like Morrowind. (laughs) Listen, Morrowind is an important game. I'm not going to say it's a great game. But for the time, it was a very interesting game, especially to have on a home console. Yeah, I certainly hadn't played a console game like yeah, it. I'll give I, you that. I had quite a lot of fun uh, diving into lots of abandoned uh, Dwarven uh, that makes one of us. caves <laughs> until I realized they were all basically the same and had nothing of interest. Right. I think I got about, like, around the time that my first, like major NPC got killed through things that really weren't my fault. I was like, you know what? That's dumb, and also, I hate this combat with every fiber of my being. 
<laughs> yeah, the combat is uh, the thing. It works. Terrible. Terribly. It <laughs> uh, Listen, there's lots of choices we can make in life. Choosing to to make a action-based combat system where your attacks hit or miss based on dice rolls is not a good choice. No. <laughs> Why they did it like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the airing of grievances. Trust of us early. Uh. But hey, important early open world game as far as console design is concerned. Yep. Well, they learned that, mm. less, that sometimes less is more. They didn't learn that, though. <laughs> they kept making bigger ones. Yeah. I thought Morrowind was really the biggest one, or which one was the biggest one? Daggerfall's the biggest one. Ah. Really? Because 90% of it's randomly generated. Oh, jeez. I think it's also like the size of Europe. That's not it's, good. <laughs> yeah, see the exact square footage of Daggerfall. So something like it would take several days of actual out of game time to yeah. cross the entire map. Yeah. Wow. Uh, a game world of 161,600 square kilometers or about 62,394 square miles. Oh! Um. Wow. Almost, like, at least 90% of that is procedurally generated, so. Uh, most of that is going to be filled with towns that won't exist for anyone else, populated by quests that won't exist for anyone else and are probably unfinishable. So, What? Daggerfall was a confused video game. I was going to say, what was, the exa- what was the square kilometers again? Uh, 161,600. Okay, so that's... It's like a quarter, like 25% larger than the state of Texas. Wow. Maybe. Just walk across that. Yeah. Occasionally a dwarf will come up to you. Yeah. So smaller than I thought, but still really freaking huge. Smaller than you thought, but still way larger than was reasonable or made sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We kind of, we kind of have a terrible arms race happening with open world games again, where all of them have to be bigger than the last one and it's like but half of this map is empty space Mm -hmm. I want a map exactly as big as you have things to fill it with and sometimes that can be empty space to give the appearance of vastness but like Mm -hmm. it shouldn't take up half the map no should never take up half the map that's why I um that's why I didn't like uh No Man's Sky because it's like okay yeah you created five quintillion planets but there's nothing on them. I, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to something like Shadow of the Colossus, which is massive amounts of empty space for a very specific reason. Yeah, I don't so. even like Shadow of the Colossus, but it's definitely doing something, which a lot of these aren't. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, very atmospheric. I got another good example in a very good game, but Horizon Zero Dawn, which I really like, feels feels like a big open world for the sake of being a big open world. Like there's okay. not, it's kind of meh as far mm-hmm. as the open worldness goes, but the actual yeah. story and like the story missions are awesome, but it yeah, doesn't totally really need to be an open world game. And unsurprisingly, Breath of the Wild is kind of the gold standard for this because it's gigantic, 
but there's never a place that doesn't feel like it has anything in it. Yeah, I almost <laughs> wonder if that may create unrealist, unrealistic expectations for some open-world games. It might, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of them kind of coast by on like, well, we to, to improve on our predecessor, we have to prove it's larger. And I think that that's a good expectation to break. Yeah. Yeah. It's like size is not everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk about playing Red Dead Redemption 2 for 12 hours and deciding that I was not having fun. Oh. Uh, well, I decided that after six hours. You were twice as efficient as I. Yeah. Cause I, I'm like, I want to play a game, not a cowboy simulator. What is this? Yeah. Legitimately, perhaps the most complicated controls of a game designed I to sell know. to a broad spectrum of people I've ever seen. Like. like you don't happen to me like I really like the beginning, right? The tutorials and the how tutorial they build up the story. The tutorial is like directed and interesting, right? And then, so what happened to me was, I'm riding my horse, and I see a carriage go by, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna kill that guy and rob that carriage. So yeah. I go to do that, and he, I take one shot. Of course, the guy runs away, alerts the authorities. I'm chasing after him. My horse freaking collapses. I'm like, oh right, endurance, huh? So. And I didn't have this special healing kit you need. So I had to walk all the way to the freaking town and spend what little money I had on this kit. And by the time I got back to the horse, it freaking died. And then you know what happened? I got pissed off. So I tried to load a previous save. And lo and behold, no, lo and behold, my horse is back to life and I didn't lose my progress. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Incredible. Yeah, very like, weird. I feel like the quintessential Red Dead Redemption 2 experience that everyone will have, whether they like it or not, is that you will be, like, trying to get, like, I forget what I was trying to do with the horse that was not, I think I was, like, trying to, like, pat it or clean it or something, but I accidentally just punched it in the ass and it went flying. <laughs> like, it just ran across, it just streaked off, and it's like, wow. well, never getting that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's entirely a question of are you going to, is it going to crash into something before it gets away? Oh my god. And that's that game. Someone spent nine years of their life doing that. Yeah, I mean Oh god. Game of the year, my ass. It's not not I did not It did not feel. win game of the year. God of War won game of the year. Oh, okay. I'm not but but, but even still, like oh, it's a better know, game. But you're looking at all these awards, right? And it's like best story, best music, best voice acting, best sound design. I'm like, okay, but the gameplay sucks. <laughs> it's like not I, a movie. <laughs> you know, I just like while I was playing God of War, I was like, this is the best God of War game I've played so far. It's a seven out of ten. Yeah. Well, no, I was talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, yeah, no, okay. I'm talking about God of War. No, like, God of War I, I I was excellent. Yeah, that that's like you talked about before. Like, I love the game, even though I'm not even close to finishing it, you know? Yeah, no. I, just, like, I have to be in the right kind of mood for those kind of games, you know? Yeah, for, for me, it was like, this is the best one I've played so far. It's like a 7.5 out of 10 for me. <laughs> okay. It's just one of those, like, I guess I'm just tired of that entire mode of, like, this this sort of game about the guy who's like a bad guy, but he's real sad about it. At least he's not like, angry anymore. Uh, he's angry at parts of the story, but yeah. But the it's just one is, of those. Like, I thought um, 
I thought God of War 3 had the best ending ever. There was complete closure. He kills all the gods. He kills himself. It's over. There's no and more then, God of War now. And then, oh, well, actually, he was still alive. And now he's now he's part of Norse mythology. What? what? Like, uh. like, I don't like that doesn't even bother me because it's just like whatever, whatever you need to do to tell a story. But at the same time, it's just like it feels like a lot of like the the kinds of games that get awards end up being games about like a sad dad. <laughs> Boy. Sad dad redemption genre. Boy. Boy. Maybe and, like, it's some of them are... maybe it's reflecting the sentiments of the most of the game industry who happen to be like 30 to 40 something guys who haven't seen oh, the family for too long. Oh, absolutely. I mean like Cory Barlog's like 45 uh he was the director of God of War, and he absolutely mentioned that like some of the tensions that Kratos has with his son are definitely based off of tensions he has had with his son. So it's like, yeah, wow. I just at some point it's just like I, I mean, I, I'm sure that that's Boy. a very important feeling, but there's so there, it's just that there's a lot of those games. There's a lot of them. They've kind of been a trend for like the last half decade, and I'm just kind of tired. Why didn't Spider-Man win Game of the Year? That was a- Awesome game. Uh, some places did give a game of the year, actually. I was upset that um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider didn't get like any nominations. People just like, kind of ignored that, which was sad because that's a really good game. It's a great game. All three of those games are excellent. You know, I feel I like mean, it, it kind of fell off the map after Rise was an Xbox One exclusive. They just didn't. People didn't talk about it afterwards. Yeah, it's a real shame. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. Go play it. I'll play it at some point, for sure. Wheels, go play it. We'll play it on Adventures and Platforming. We'll bring that back to life. I have to play the second game first. Okay, do that. (laughs) Like, I I love RPGs, but I want to see other genres. You know? I've been playing first-person shooters and platformers and other... Not RPG lately. Partly an RPG nowadays. That's why Wheels is playing Destiny on the RPG Gamer Twitch. <laughs> no, he's just playing that because that's his excuse. I mean, yes. Uh, that listen, too, I got grinded but... to do. Okay, I want to do the raid, and I'm only at nine oh one light. Okay, I got some nine oh two one oh. Destiny nine oh two one oh. Well, now that the PC version is free and on Steam, <laughs> I want to play that version. It's not free. and. My PS4 character transferred over, and yeah. It's free is an absolutely misnomer. If you want to actually play what other people are playing, you have to spend money. I mean, right. if, you're, if you have a yes. group of friends that are all just playing the free version, you're playing, like, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Which what I, I think is really what they want. I download this giant file, and I start playing, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't get forsaken. I still have to buy the new thing if I want to do any new story on it. So I'm like, all right, all I can do now is just go to planets and walk around and shoot things. You know, can't progress the story right now. Well, so you can, you can do strikes and crucible and gambit. Yeah, I could. The nature of my individual brain worms was I was hearing people, I was hearing my friends talk about picking up uh, about playing the free version together. And they were talking about downloading an 80 gigabyte file, and all I could think in my head was like, I could get, 
I could download this and play that with them, or I could download 80 gigabytes worth of preserved J2ME Java phone games. Yeah, well, I, th I think the thing is, the, the quote-unquote free version, it, there's no, like, separate executable. You're either downloading everything or nothing, so... Listen, I'm just saying, I could download 80 gigabytes of Destiny 2, yep. or I could download freaking 80 gigabytes worth of phone games for flip phones from 2005. I... Okay. <laughs> Listen, I said this was the nature of my individual brain work. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me tell you about the time I spent a long time getting Castlevania Order of Shadows up and running just to say I had beaten it. <sighs> it's such a bad game. <laughs> so, what was um, I going to say? Let me just drag this forcibly back to Destiny for a second. If you, and streaming. When, <laughs> when, you, when you buy the new ex expansion, it auto levels all your character and gear up to the base light level for the new expansion, which is pretty awesome because I was not at that level. I'm shocked because well, I'm at 750. So you're saying it goes it... higher than that with the expansion? No, or... it started you at 750 without the new expansion. That's, it did. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah. It was awesome. Okay, that's weird. Uh, and on and on PC, I can finally get sixty frames per second. Wow! How cool is that? Uh, it's okay. I think, I think it's cool. Yeah. It's it's okay. It's not. It's not game changing. I'm afraid to say. Well, I just thought of another game that I played recently yeah. that is RPG ish. We can talk um, about it and not feel too bad about it. <laughs> I played um I played Blasphemous. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. So it's like part Metroidvania, part Souls like very very gruesome. Like I I watch horror movies while stuffing my face with food and even there were a couple parts where I almost puked. Like wow, jeez. And I I've played all the Mortal Kombat, you know what I mean, but th that game I'm like this is like there's some pretty brutal stuff in there, but it has good combat. I thought the platforming was fine. Um, brutally difficult, but I still beat it. And um, it's it's kind of odd, though, because one of the things that inherited from Castlevania was mm. the crazy knockback. So oh, mean. you're platforming, and of course there's flying and shooting enemies, and there are instant-kill spike traps underneath you. So you go to jump, and of course you get hit, and you fall in the spikes and die. And similar to Dark Souls, you then have to try and recover your stuff. But it's not as punishing, though, because all it does is lower your maximum mana when you die. And and the thing is, if you die multiple times, you can still pick up all of those different, you know, sites or whatever. Strong opinions. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, strong yeah. opinions from the world's cutest co-host here. That's wow. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. I don't, I don't think she's a fan of Dark Souls or anything. It's understandable. Oh, I, I, I should hope not. Wrong audience. <laughs> but yep. No, but anyways, I really enjoyed the game. Um, after I beat it, I even went back to get more achievements. And that's one of those games where there's just a very uh, kind of clandestine way of getting the good ending. And, and that annoys the hell out of me um 
<sighs> you know, you, you beat it and you're like, okay, I know that was the bad ending. Now what the hell do I do to get the good ending? And yeah, there's there's a couple different things you got to do. Feast uh, upon these umbilical cords three. <laughs> oh, oh, dear God. Uh, 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 Is that a thing so, you have to do in Bloodborne? It's, a yes. good, the, it's not the you, best ending, but it's a different one. Yeah, <laughs> There's well, no good ending in that game, is there? There's, there's three really. endings. Plus, there is a hidden true final boss if you go through all the chalice. Yeah, you get the most. You get the most bosses in terms of the normal non-chalice dungeons endings if you eat the three umbilical cords. So, like, normally, what happens is I'm trying to think because if you don't get the cords, you talk to the dude, and and he offers to you. You get like the choice to fight or not. Yeah, and if you don't fight, it goes directly into New Game Plus, and that's it. Um, if you fight him, that's fine, but only by getting the umbilical cords can you fight the Move. other final boss, and only by going through all the goddamn chalice dungeons do you get to the true, true final boss after fighting harder versions of pre-existing bosses. Cthulhu? Uh, don't don't and, bother with the chalice dungeons. And for some <laughs> stupid ass reason, I got it in my head that I had to get that platinum trophy. Oh, you fool! And I got it. I'm sorry. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna stick with I'm sorry. Congratulations. No, why are you bringing up conception of all things? Because <laughs> the word so... congratulations makes me think of that. It's forever game. tainted. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it so is. Speaking of From Software, I uh, <laughs> recently finally got Sekiro because it was on sale. Oh, that game's good. Well, I was avoiding it because it wasn't an RPG, and I'm like, well, what if I get stuck? I can't just level grind my way out of it, like in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Yeah. And I've played about five, six hours, and it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's too damn hard, and there's no way to improve your character. You can't level grind your way out of it. Like so, there are things that improve your character, but none of them involve level grinding. You have to beat bosses. That's what. It, so, the only way to get more health is to beat the boss. But I can't beat the boss because I don't have enough health. Yeah, I'm curious. What boss did you did you call it quits on? Well, I didn't. I don't think I called it quits just yet. But first, I got to you. You know when you go into that dream flashback yeah and you fight that giant dude who poisons you and he has the huge curved yeah, he's sword. a giant he's a giant roadblock for a lot of players i i could not beat him um then i went back to like the main area i got to this one guy who was optional so like i tried to kill him a couple times and i'm like all right i give up so then i went past him and then i got to the part with the giant snake and i'm like this is bullshit oh so. the snake is a set piece you don't fight that i know but, but it's he still one shots you and it's all stealth and I'm like ah oh, come on so that's, I enjoyed that was, the snake, that's my yeah. current roadblock I'll I'll get past it eventually but not without some f bombs and anxiety pills <laughs> yeah uh, the standard equipment for Dark Souls and from software games but I mastered all the Dark Souls games even three dude three was the no, three was not the best one. I, I can't. Okay, good. Um, two was oh. my favorite. Um, three, like the remaster of one, is good. Um, 
I, a three has things that I really like that make it hard to go back to the first two, but then it has things in it that I just can't stand too. So it, it's a mixed bag, really. Yeah, I can. Meanwhile, two it. is easily my least favorite. Whereas, you like, monster. I just don't <laughs> like it, man. It's just too, like it's monster. it's just too much just bloat in that <laughs> one. Not my gumdrop buttons, you monster. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we just got shrekt. Oh, <laughs> oh did you know there's a mod of Resident Evil 2 Remake that turns yeah. Mr. Oh. X into Shrek and then it yeah. even plays that Smash Mouth song? Oh my god. You. <laughs> I mean, the best thing anyone did with that modding was make it play X Go and give it to you. <laughs> Like, that one's really great because it actually makes that song terrifying. Because <laughs> you can still hear it muffled through the wall. Yeah, I know. I don't like zombie games either. <laughs> and I need to stay standing up. So, sorry if I don't talk much. That's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. But, uh, yeah. I'm over here. Family first. Straight up and thinking the only... Only Resident Evil game I ever owned was number four because I got it out of a Lucky Dip bag and then I sold it for 4,000 yen. It's a good game. I'm sure whoever paid that 4,000, whoever ended up buying that copy probably had a good time with it. Yeah. More <laughs> yeah, importantly, they... that was actually more than the Lucky Dip bag cost. Oh, I'd imagine. There you go. Yeah, so th this is part of my Lucky Dip experience that ended up with me plus 500 yen and a copy of Dragon's Dogma. Nice. Ooh. How yeah. about trying Lucky Dip? Yeah. Unfortunately, they have not done that thing at the store again since <laughs> that was the last time they put games in the lucky dip bags and yeah, i'm not really that interested in yokai watch paraphernalia wheels oh. is however yes oh yeah get it himself aren't they um remaking the first game for switch yokai i'm not watch? sure how much it's remake and how much it's port but they are doing something it's it's definitely a it remake from what I i'll see. finally play it then wow does it have the yokai watch 4 battle system no. Probably. If they're updating, then yeah. I don't think it does. Oh. Well, what a shame. That battle system's bad. What, what's a yokai? Uh, it's the dreams in your heart. Wait, no. Well, it's not it's, quite a it's yo, anything that's and really it's not weird. quite a kai, but oh man. So I guess the answer is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of everything that's not human. Yeah. The explanation for everything that has ever gone wrong, wrong in your life. That too. I swear to God, I saw a picture of a yokai, and it, it was a. Uh, I swear, t to me, it looked like a farting butt. <laughs> oh yeah, it probably was a farting yeah. butt. That's Japanese school humor. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um. Uh, God, I don't remember its name. There's it was probably a joke on Oshiri Tante. Yep. There's, Parte bote. there's also yep. one I remember from the anime that makes everybody have to go pee very badly. Oh, wow. yes. okay. Yokai do a lot of very it's... mundane sorts of human suffering. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this is the sort of humor some... level we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, like, one of my favorite yokai is the Keokikegen, which is this little furball of a dog looking thing that is, in fact, the. Um, the dark spirit of male pattern baldness. Yep. Essentially. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. It's actually completely made up like most of them from this book in the 18th century that was more of a social commentary joke thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
Kevin K again. It is it's this little dog monster that goes around stealing people's hair in the night. Wow. Yeah. There's another one I couldn't that, whose name I can't remember, but it's basically a four-armed blue-skinned ogre that chases young men around and forces them to get proper haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Again, um, a lot of a lot of the. Um, I mean, you got basically two sets of yokai. You have the ones that actually existed as part of folklore, and then you have the ones that were created in this mid-18th century social commentary text with woodcut illustrations and everything as jokes, basically. And so the spirit of male pattern baldness and the forcible barber are both from that book. Wow. Yeah. And they get really funny. Wait, so why doesn't... Hold on. Like... Why don't those two like work together? You know. Well, because one of, one of them wants you to volunteer and less of a fan fiction side. Yeah. No, I mean, like, why don't the two yokai like, you know, one wants you to get a haircut, one wants to take your hair. Mm-hmm. I would think that they could just like work together and just start a business of some kind. You know. And make wigs for the show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They could like start their own wig shop or something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, the real reason why not is be just because that these weren't like comic book stories to be told. They were just like little fab, little, literally fa- fabulous stories, fables. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big fan of uh, one of my favorite yokai that appears in a lot of games is Nurikabe. Oh yeah, Nurikabe. I th- he was actually one of the real folklore monsters. Yeah, like people actually like this was not made up just to mess with people. People. Uh, I guess to put it another way, this was not something that came out came up was come up with recently in the guise of yokai. Yeah, but yeah, but the the fact that half the yokai known come from that one book on social commentary is pretty much why level five has found itself free reign to just make up any yokai they can think of to modernize. Yeah, because it's all in the actual tradition of the tale. Yeah. Yokai exists to explain things that, like, man, why did that just happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not too dissimilar from the Tinkerbell movie that my daughter just watched two nights ago, where the fairies are all doing random things to prepare for spring. Yeah. Yeah, fairies are technically yokai, or yosei. Yeah, yeah they're basically the same concept. Yeah. What did that? Eh, fairies. Yeah. <laughs> Except no fairy looks like just a wall in the middle of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, I mean, the main difference between modern fairies and yokai's appearances. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas the main difference between yokai and traditional fairies is there's no real difference. They're both awful things at times. Yeah, just awful, awful mischief creatures. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just mischief. Hey, red. Hello, red cap. Ah! Oh god. Dead. <laughs> see. Oh, you know what I watched the other day. Mm-hmm. I finally oh, saw Toy Story 4. Mm. I've heard that's good. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about it. Um, so do a lot of people, apparently. Because, I don't know, I'm very cynical. And in Toy Story 3, remember when they're about to get incinerated? Yes. I thought that would have been, like, the perfect ending. No, it's a kid's <laughs> movie. I know, that really but, is the correct response. It's a children's <laughs> film. But, but it's like, you know, so now in the fourth movie, it's very good. Don't get me wrong. But once again, 
they're dealing with obsolescence and you know they're all all the you know woody is anxious again and and they're all having this crisis of identity and oh my god my kid won't play with me again and it's like come on well you've been down this road before (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and and then like okay so there there is the question of where do the toys get their sentience what like so when the little girl when the little girl glues things to a spork it comes to life it's like oh that's interesting i mean if we're gonna go down that route of trying to actually make sense of these worlds we should talk about cars for a while no absolutely (laughs) not no no no. i've seen some of those theories no we are not doing that one no so yeah, yeah no. I, I think you are thinking more about how the toys get their sentience than anyone that ever came up with Toy Story did. I'm sure yeah, they I thought mean, about you know, it, but you know, the response is really yokai, right? Oh, no. Because <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yes. that's how you make yokai sometimes. It's just you love something for long enough that it just absorbs the vibes and starts walking and talking. Wow. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's how you get some, well, the sumugogami, the uh, stuff like the walking, talking sandals and umbrellas and things. Yeah. Is that part of uh, Shintoism, maybe? Yeah. Related. Logical conclusion from animism in general, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's several several traditional yokai that just started out as something that stuck around for too long. Oh. Living or inanimate. So some, some, of the cat, um, some of the cat and fox monsters are simply things that live too long. Yeah. And spider monsters. So... Fits with the themes that the theme that all things should pass. If they didn't, it would be much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this cat has lived for seventy years, and now it is trying to eat everything. Car? Oh, it's trying to eat a car. Well, hey, Jibanya was just a cat that got hit by a truck. Wow, that's lovely. There you go. <laughs> There's your yokai anime lore for the day. Well, that just reminds me that I need to... This is just reminding me that I need to play... This has really nothing to do with it other than, oh, it's spooky and Japanese adjacent, so it's like, oh, I should play more... I should play some Fatal Frame this month. No, you should <laughs> play Yokai Watch! Nah. That's not spooky. Uh, well, speaking of spooky, I played some of the Ghostbusters remaster. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Yokai, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or th- whatever he was called in Yokai Watch Busters. <laughs> I don't know what they call him. You guys want to hear a joke? Yeah. Uh oh. You want to hear a joke? I'm afraid. Well, okay. Well, I think I've told it before, but um, you know, we're all East fans, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, there is no Dana. Only. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go fuck yourself. Uh, okay. Well, so uh, yeah, Ghostbusters okay. remaster still. It's still, it's still Ghost. It's still Buster. It's still basically Ghostbusters three. It's a good time. Not the best game, but it's got good writing and stuff. It's pretty. Yeah, fun. Apparently, the switchboard is decent. That's yeah. all I've heard. Yeah, it's good. Looks pretty. It looks like a game from about ten years ago. I mean, that is what it is. (laughs) I'm not here to fault it for being what it is. Yeah. Let's see. 
I kind of, to, to give this episode some sort of structure, I think we should pull out the last question or two that we hadn't answered last time. Oh, there were some questions left. Yeah, uh, basically... I, I thought we were just stumbling along for the hell of it. Yeah, we, we're partly doing that, but I feel like to give this some semblance of structure, we should uh, answer Budai's remaining questions. Uh, are you the type of gamer who is attuned to if a game is buggy? If so, does it bother you, and to what degree is it tolerable? Some game examples. Oh. Uh, That's a dilly of a pickle. There's, there's, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how obviously buggy, because I usually won't notice until I'm accidentally destroying myself. Well, it also uh, depends on what kind of buggy. Like, yeah. I accept a lot of, like, slow down and just sort of general, like, oh, this feels kind of technically unpolished. But the second that something, like, forces me to come up with a lot of workarounds to, say, get a quest finished, like, that's enough to be like, uh, maybe I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, um... yeah. I, I'm remembering Atelier Lily, PlayStation 2. Oh, I had the wrong version of the game where it was bugged so that you could not actually complete one of the major quest lines. Lovely. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Yep, it was the first time they re released a version within a year of this old one for August, <laughs> and it was specifically to fix that issue. And I did not realize this when I bought my copy. Oh, man. It just, it just seemed like here's, a co- here's an earlier game. Yeah, um, I was trying to play some PlayStation Now recently because they dropped the price, and I thought, oh, sure, let me check it out. There's a few games I want to play. But, like, so while this may not be entirely on topic, I mean, I still can't play the PS3 games on there. I, I just can't do it. It's um, They're too stuttery. They're too laggy. It, yes. So those aren't bugs within the game itself, but I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to play Disgaea 3. I'm thinking, oh, cool, and it's like, okay, why can't, like you can download the PS4 games they have on there, but you can't download the PS3. And it's like you you take a game that was already capped at 720p, was already struggling to hit 30 FPS, and now I'm streaming it and I'm getting constant drops and input lag and all this other crap. And I'm like, come on, Sony, like you know, you're as a backwards compatibility substitute, it just doesn't work. Yeah, you know. And so that that's what yeah. And now I'm thinking of when I played Atelier Sophie on Steam and it randomly removed people's eyes. From oh, 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 God. Yes. Loading oh. It then transplanted those eyes onto other people's foreheads. What? Model synchronicity is hard sometimes. And then you terrorized <laughs> other people with screenshots. <laughs> yes. In fact, yes. I, did, I took it one or two screenshots just to put in the review for that. Oh, God. Um, but... Um, but yeah, it was incredibly laggy, but at the same time, that actually benefited me because it made it easier to whack things with my staff before they encountered me on the field. <laughs> this, so, uh, this does dovetail well into the second que- half of the question, which is JRPGs tended to have a better reputation of being buggy. What all factors do you think play into this, cultural or console versus PC? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that for a very long time, we were getting a second version that took like a year to come out and thus had a lot of bug fixes applied to it. Well, yeah, there is that. There's also mm-hmm. Western RPGs tend a lot more towards the open worldy. Which, oh, that's definitely true as well. But I'm just saying, like, is more likely to be buggy as fuck. 
Yeah, well, and it's I also have, just like... I have stories, also. I have stories. Okay, well, let, let's finish outlining factors, yes, and then you yes. can tell your stories. <laughs> but the other thing, of course, being that console RPGs target a steady platform that can be depended upon, whereas yep. non-console RPGs... I mean, like, I was looking at... Uh, I, I mentioned I have been looking at Shenmue. I was looking at discussions of the Shenmue 1 and 2 HD collection, seeing people complain, like... Why don't they let you play this game at 60 FPS? It's not like your PC couldn't do it now. And it's like the entire game's time system is built around how many frames have passed. It True. needs to believe that 30 frames per second is what is happening. <laughs> like you get those like very kludgy solutions, but they will always work because it's a guaranteed piece of hardware. And that's why some of these things don't port very well. Yeah, but, yeah. Tell me about your experiences, Wheels. Aside from Skyrim and Fallout on PS3, I didn't play Fallout on PS3. I only played Skyrim. You're not gonna let me tell my Skyrim story again. I love Skyrim stories. Is this vanilla Skyrim? Yeah, this is vanilla Skyrim on PS3, the easily wow. worse version of it. Yeah. Oh, the, I had that on PC though. But go ahead. Yeah. The opening sequence broke for me. <laughs> what? And I had to reset it the does game. Do. Masters of QA. Like, <laughs> um, there's some point where you have to like jump onto a roof or something, and something broke there, and I couldn't advance the game at all. And also, at some point, like the audio broke. Yeah, it was it was terrible. And... I had an issue once where, remember how when the guy's just about to get executed and um, yeah. Aldwin shows up? Yeah. Well, in my game. I think either he wouldn't land or he wouldn't like thum at you. So I, I did have an instance, yeah, where it just sat there. It, it was a soft lock. Yeah. Because, Incredible. Yeah, Aldwin wouldn't do what he was supposed to do, so I couldn't even. I barely made it past character creation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like just just to speak briefly on Skyrim PS3, like Bethesda's engines never worked well on ps3 at all not totally their fault by the way i mean yes it it was a it was a mutual screw over (laughs) yeah well i mean it was partly because they were built for things that had a lot more ram to work with than 256 megabytes i keep forgetting how little ram that thing had the 360 almost had exactly that much ram and then freaking epic yelled at microsoft like Gears is not going to run well unless you give us at least twice as much and Microsoft acquiesced. And even with that, though, they were only, what, 720p, 30 FPS on that one? I mean, that's also, like, that's always in your priorities. Like, you have to build to, like, that spec. I mean, they could have probably made, yeah, they could have probably made them run, but they would have had to engineer, like, assets that didn't incur as much cost to the CPU and GPU, and, like, that was not the choice they made. Right. And they, they have to avoid overheating and yada yada. Yeah. Right. So it's, just, um, it's, it's the so, choice. Thing. So as, as part of the question, it said, you know, what can you tolerate? It's like, well, yeah, I can't really explain what it is. I mean, in Bethesda games, yeah, they're broken as shit. But I can tolerate them more often than not because I just find them to be enjoyable experiences when they're not glitching out. Um, I've never been prevented from finishing one of those games because of glitches. I, I have had plenty of cases where I had to reload a save and, and lost some progress, which was annoying, but for me, it's tolerable. Um, I guess, I don't know. 
I'm on the other end where it's like Bethesda games are always things that like at least since like Oblivion they're always things that I can play for a while and then something will break and I'll be like eh that's probably about as much of this as I wanted anyway and then I stop okay <laughs> and that's you know that's person to person like it, he was right. also asking what is your individual tolerance so right yeah right but like yeah like I can tolerate a lot of slowdown but essentially once a game like breaks something or sends me yeah. flying back an hour or so it's like eh, maybe i'm done yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like save yeah. corruption is would kind of be the breaking point for me or horrible horrible bugs like uh i when i misguidedly tried uh anthem and <laughs> like, we had a good time streaming yeah. that trying to figure out what the heck was going wrong yes you remember that you remember what i'm talking i was about, watching right? that yes so i uh, like my first time in like the main hub where main where you get your missions and stuff uh like i couldn't talk to anybody it was just like completely broken and, and it but it wasn't like immediately obvious that something was wrong because this was like my first time in the freaking area <laughs> it was yeah yeah so, i mean oof. the thing is i i tend to put bethesda and blizzard on opposite ends of the spectrum Meaning that Bethesda games, yeah, they're glitchy as hell, but you're getting hundreds of hours of content and you can really, there's a lot more freedom in the character and how you make your character builds and, and all that. Whereas Blizzard, it's like, yes, incredibly polished, but I just, you, they don't give you the same level of choice and you don't get it, you know, you're getting a tenth of the content, you know, you're getting a 10 hour game instead of a hundred, you know. You're expected to replay um, that those, 10 hour game. Those are pretty different. That's... I get that's apples and oranges, right? right? I, 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 I absolutely yeah. get what you're saying, but it's weird to me to compare something like, say, I assume you're comparing like Diablo here, which is that's really intended for a lot of replay and grinded. That's the way it's made, and that's the way like games that ape it do it as well. Yes, that's true. So that's that's a re that's approaching a, a cupcake argument. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, I was one of those unfortunate people who played vanilla Diablo 3 on PC the day it came out. I'm sorry, did, but did you make any money off the auction house? <laughs> I made 50 cents. Nice. Oh, worth it. Wow. So, no, um, so, okay, couldn't connect at all at first because of server problems. And I remember thinking like, oh, like that was one of my early experiences with I have to sign in to play single player. You know, uh, so I'm like, well, yeah. why can't I sign in? But and then it took me about 12 hours to beat. But then you're only level 30 at the end of that first playthrough. So the post game content was, OK, well, now you play through it three more times. I'm like, I don't feel like doing that. Um, and then I got to Inferno and it was like, oh, this is completely broken. And so, yes, I did try to make money on the auction house. Made fifty cents in sale of two items, and but it was like okay, so I beat one quest on Inferno. Now I now I'm getting my ass kicked. Okay, so now I got to go back to Hell Act Four, do some more grinding, get some more gold, buy a few new items in the auction house, and then that got me like a little bit further. And I was I was like wow. And now to be fair, when I got the Ultimate Evil Edition on PS4. 
I played that a lot and I did platinum it. And yes, that's that was a huge improvement. Reaper of Souls like fixed it. But man, and, and that early state though, plus people were getting hacked and getting all their stuff stolen. It's like, uh, yeah, it was bad. The Real Money Auction House, they were actually losing money. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it is funny that you compare like those two, considering they both have they both have kept selling for many years and are both on Switch. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. I still don't play Diablo games, but it's there. <laughs> oh, but have you guys been playing Torchlight 2 by any chance? No, the I first one bored the living crap out of me. Yeah, the first one hasn't aged well. Um, but I like that the second one just got ported out. So I did get the Switch version of that. Um, yeah, and it's it's good. I like it's, that it's um, only $20. <laughs> right. You know? So I, I think it's a great substitute to Diablo 3, like if you're bored with it or if you didn't like some of the other clones. And it was actually made by, you know, former members of Blizzard North, I think, who worked on Diablo 2 and some other games. Um, so, yeah, no, Torchlight 2, um, D- definitely worth made playing. by former Hellgate London devs? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Oh, God. <laughs> that, was a, that was a game my computer couldn't run when I first tried to play it years ago. And, and then, then even when I had a computer, no one wanted it to run. I know. <laughs> and then when my computer, when I did have a computer that could run it, I'm like, oh, this is bad. Huh. Hey, Wheels, you want to play the PS1 version of Diablo 1? No, but if you want hey. another Diablo clone, you should play, uh, oh, God, no. Um, well, God, what the hell was the name of that game? Grim Dawn? No. Path of Exile? No. Uh, Titan Quest? No, the one with the heavy metal expansion. With, with um, motorhead. Other. Um, I don't know. Oh, I can't remember uh, this. Hold on, I'll get it. I'll have to do oh, this. Vi- Victor Vran. Yes, Victor, Victor Vran. Yes, that game is is actually quite good. It's yeah. it's just excellent, especially the heavy metal expansion, which is just as off the wall as it sounds. You know what's funny with Victor Vran? I I got. Two free versions of that game, yeah. Nice. Because I got it through GOG.com as part of one of their sales, and then it ended up on uh, Gold. Yeah, so I actually have two copies of that game. I think it's. Wow. I think the main character is voiced by the guy that does uh, Geralt. Geralt the... Rivera. Yeah. 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 Geralt, Geralt, whatever. Good. Yeah, that was... Um... <laughs> That was a game that Max sold me on, and it was the last code he sent me. So, uh, definitely try to recommend that one as often as I can. That yeah. is a fun time. Yep. Unrelated, but I've now learned that uh, Sega claimed that Diablo 1 was coming to the Sega Saturn in 1997. Wow. I would have bought that. I had the PC version. I, I do have a story about Diablo. Um,. That game, yeah, no, that game wasn't glitchy, um, but there was that one bug where you could keep duplicating items and gold piles, and I had some fun with that. And that's still in the updated GOG.com version, by the way. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. But anyways, um, I was probably a good 9, 10 years old, and I remember I had a subscription to PC Gamer, and it came with the discs. And, I, yeah, I remember getting the demo disc 
that had the Diablo demo on it. And this was before Griswold got his Scottish accent. He just sounded like a normal guy, like, what can I do for you? Just a um, dude. And uh, I, it's the first time I uh, saw the Butcher's Chamber, I was like, what is this? And I'm, I'm like 10 years old at the time. And I open the door and I hear, <sighs> fresh meat. <laughs> and I, sh- and I sh- shut the door and ran away and shut down the computer and went up into my room. <laughs> and then a few days later, I worked up the guts to open the door again. And he basically one shotted me. It was and, fresh meat. <laughs> and then eventually I did build up my character to the point and learned that he can't open the door and therefore by simply buying a scroll of firewall, you open the door, cast it inside, he walk, you close the door, he walks up to the door, stands in the fire until he dies and can't open the door. <laughs> and that's funny because in Heroes of the Storm, if I want to believe I want to say if Butcher and another Diablo hero are on the same team and they and they do the banter, someone will actually make fun of him and be like, Oh, did you learn how to open doors yet, Butcher? <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. So. So I'm just uh, going to bring this up because I think it's entirely funny to read ancient marketing speak for video games. So, <laughs> Blast uh, processing, mode 7, oh god. Sega Saturn owners will have many five-star games to choose from this year, including Fighters Megamix TM, the title next generation called The Ultimate Fighting Game. Other titles will include the much-anticipated Sega Saturn version of Last Bronx. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Manx TT Superbike, <laughs> as well as Panzer Dragoon Saga, World Series Baseball 98, <laughs> and third-party five-star titles, including Electronic Arts Diablo and Capcom's X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Yeah, this who- fall, the company will also release the Lost World Je- Jurassic Park for all Sega consoles, Game Gear, and Arcade. Oh, Sega. Game Gear. Man... What happened to you, Sega? My, you used to my be cool. My poor dad looked so hard for a copy of Panzer Dragoon Saga. Oh, I feel so bad. That is such a doomed errand. They made like 5,000 copies of that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, why did you even bother printing it at that point? Yeah. I remember it It must have been 97, 98. I go into Walmart, and the only Saturn game they had, they had like, 30 or 40 copies of Sonic R. Oh, God. So, so we're like, all right, well, my mom's like, I guess you're getting that game. I was like, okay. Yeah. Can you feel the sunshine? Does it brighten up? <laughs> Gonna um, be a bright new day. And then 20 minutes later, it was finished. I know. Damn that is it. a cart racing, essentially a cart racing game with five tracks. But you could go back and get all the tokens in Chaos Emeralds and unlock more characters, which wasn't that fun. I and also that it meant that you had to race against Supersonic if you didn't want to play as Supersonic. I played right. that game at some sort of future attraction at Epcot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the video wow. game of the future. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, now that... That's a bit buggy, isn't it? Like many 3D games from the era with the texture little, popping and the low yeah, frame rate. That's, that's yeah, that's texture popping. Like that's something that everyone knew was in there, but like right. well, you had 3D that you had. But, but that was tolerable because we didn't have a choice. There was nothing else, and we didn't know it was bad at the time. 
Because it was 3D. Who cared? Yeah. And by the I'm, way, I'm pretty sure that was like 1999 in Epcot too, like after the demise <laughs> of the set. <laughs> 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 years later. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, just I'm I'm really hype over Sega being like last Bronx Max TT Superbike. Like these now, are these are our marquee titles. Now, one thing that's interesting, um, I did get these one of the eight uh, bit do six button controllers for the Genesis Mini. Yeah. Um, actually, it's the eight button one because it has the triggers. So, oh, yeah. I am happy to say that it works. Very well with Street Fighter Special Champion Edition, despite that being not the definitive version of Street Fighter 2. Um, Eternal Champions is another six-button fighting game, and it's as bad as I remember. I mean, it's still Eternal Champions. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to help um, that. And now that Genesis version of Virtua Fighter 2... Oh, that thing is trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, is, that is a game that you include just so that people will be wrong when they say the. Eternal Champions uh, is the worst fighting game on the okay. system. So where I was going with that is yeah. I do have a copy of X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> and this controller that I got does work with my Saturn emulator, which is very nice. cool. Mm. So I can play X-Men vs. Street Fighter and X-Men Children of the Atom, Marvel Super Heroes vs. Street Fighter, and then you know, some other Saturn fighting games. On my computer Some emulator, that, but I mean you could play those on other things. But yeah, yeah, and um, and, no, and I, I do still have my Saturn. I do have the, that uh, that four in one cart for it. I have replaced the battery a few times. I have tried the disc swapping trick. Um, so yes, I have been able to finally play American versions of Panzer Dragoon Saga, Albert nice. Odyssey. Um, nice. Magic Knight Ray Earth. I have actual copies of all this. Of course you uh, do. In English? Yes. What? Yes. Are you Wheels a millionaire? The Saturn no. <laughs> Panzer Dragon Saga is the only one I bought outside of like the Age of Saturn. The, the a video game which is now $800. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I've... do still have my copy of Legend of Oasis, which I'm happy about. That's a great game. That one I found on the cheap in a game store. Albert Odyssey and uh, Mystic Knight Ray Earth, my parents got me. And in fact, in Magic Knight, I had to get a replacement disc because mine got scratched up. And uh, working designs was actually very helpful in replacing that. that was, uh, your parents got you the very last. Saturday. Yes. Wow. My, yeah, my dad was very supportive of my love of the Saturn. Like, he almost got rid of the system, and I was like, please, I, I want to keep this please, thing. Please, Dad, I love it. Yes. <laughs> so. Well, my my dad hated video games. Yeah. I'm sorry. My parents made me play baseball and basketball, and at one point I played roller hockey. Oh. So, so Wheels. Yes. Wheels, if I ever manage to find a copy of Linda Cube for the Saturn version with the fourth scenario, oh, would you play it and tell me what the hell happens in that last part? I don't think he's going to be able to figure it out, whether it's in English or Japanese. Talk <laughs> <laughs> him through the basics, and he can just, I don't know, stream the last scenario D when he finally gets to it. Yeah, no, it would sure, be good why not? to force Wheels to stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I... Spe- speaking of, but hey, you never know, it may come, make a comeback, because Moon... Yeah, yeah, moon. Yeah. Um, so I've just been listening in, but 
I just, I don't know, let's take yeah. the reins here. Um, so I was looking through the most recent issue of Famitsu the other mm-hmm. night. It has 34 pages dedicated to Moon. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I mean, not I mean, not just the game, but the original concept art, um, some wow. explanation of the thought processes, multiple interviews with different characters, or different guys from Levidelic, and two pages that are basically a spreadsheet, not, not a spreadsheet, a flowchart, uh, showing where these different major people in Levidelic came from and where they went to and which games they made. That sounds awesome, actually. And, and there's some really weird connections here, like um, two guys went off in one direction and made uh, Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land in the sequel. <laughs> Another guy went off to the team that made Contact. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah, that explains a lot about both of those. And um, there's one, it was, a, I think it was a Dreamcast game, something um, like something Rainbow, or maybe it was a Wii game for that one. Captain Rainbow? Captain Rainbow was one of the games there. There was yeah. a Dreamcast game called LOL. Black and Blue. There was Rule of Rose. Yep. What? I believe that was that was Skip, right? That company yes. was Skip. Yes. I, I mean, there were some of the most randomly connected games, and this entire group that made Levadelic originally came from Super Mario RPG and Romancing Saga 3. <laughs> what? Wow. Yes. So th- those were the pre-Moon games mentioned wow. in this. Wow. Uh, excuse me. The, so there's a couple of diasporic companies that come from... Love Adelic. One is Skip and one is Punchline. Punchline did Tulip and Rule of Rose. Yes. Oh, so, man. Yeah. yeah, and now the the former head of Love Adelic is running Onion Games, which, among other things, has a Dragon Quest, very openly Dragon Quest parody um, uh, starring a salary man, a middle-aged uh, salary man. The, one, the only one I know of from them is like Million Onion Hotel or something. Yeah, um, if you just go to the main website, you'll find the entire list. But okay, yeah, yeah. What, what's that game called? Million Onion Hotel. <laughs> Million well, when was, Onion. What, what I was referring to was called Yamada Quest. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Yamada Quest. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Onion I'm on the. Game. I'm on the Famitsu website right now. Um, I think it'd be easier to go to OnionGames.jp and you'll get uh, more info about their games as well. Onion games. Okay. JP. Oh, and that one's in English. Okay. Yeah, they have an English oh. sign. Moon is coming to Nintendo Switch in English. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's part of why we it. Yeah. About it oh, okay. All right. That's all right. Cool. Let me check that out. It's uh, or make that. What's it called here? No, oh, it's Dandy Dungeon: The Legend of Brave Yamada. Oh Dandy yeah, yeah, Dungeon. yeah. I think Tim Rogers okay. uh, translated that. Yeah, and I mean, just look if you just look at the title logo, that is the biggest Dragon Quest parody image you could think of. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but that looks intentional, totally. Oh, it's oh, absolutely, I mean, it is certainly yeah. an homage. Yeah, homage. I love that. Uh, I love that even the official website just says Moon is coming to Nintendo Switch, dot dot dot, in English. <laughs> Yes, I they mean they are to fully assure aware you that that's how real. This is, yeah. Dungeon. Oh boy. I are, mean, are on, they the, all... on the front page, it has the image for Moon and a big sign that says "click." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm shocked that most of this website is in English. <laughs> yeah. How about that? I would yeah. have expected OnionGames.jp to be largely in Japanese, but 
Oh, well, you know what? A lot, of the in, a lot of the individual pages, like the main moon page, is still in Japanese. Yeah, but the front face is still all just in English. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's because this was... Like, the, the, game, um, the company itself was made to promote the games in English. Yeah. You know what just came out two hours ago? Um, Indivisible. Oh, yeah. Uh, I played that I played- at... Uh, packs earlier this year yeah and i just looked at the clock and i'm like oh hey that just came out yeah uh Mm -hmm. it was kind of rough when i played it but i I mean that makes sense certainly liked what i saw so yeah well because they released a it wasn't even a demo it was a prototype yeah uh, um i mean the original prototype way back when was just them like frankensteining something together to represent what they wanted the game to play like in the skullgirls engine right Definitely uh, Valkyria, not Valkyria Chronicles. Val- Valkyrie Go- Profile. Thank you. Get my Valkyries confused. Uh, Valkyries and Valkyrias are very different. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely got that sort of vibe. <laughs> Who um, would win in a fight, though, huh? But it's it, in, in addition to that, it's got almost like a Metroidvania-ish platforming vibe outside of combat. Yep. Which I guess... I like- Valkyrie Profile also sort of did, so it it seemed pretty cool. I'm gonna grab a copy tomorrow probably. It's also not a full sixty dollar game, so they're only they're only asking forty, so I'll wait yep. for the Switch version. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the that's the one thing. The one caveat is that the Switch version doesn't come out until question mark. T V D. Yep. Or uh, Switch. But my my expo needs some love, so I'll grab that version. Fair enough, fair enough. Did we have any other questions? Yeah, I was going to look if there was any <laughs> other questions. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Do we have uh, anything in Discord? Uh, I don't think so. No, there hasn't been anything in Discord as far as I've seen. Uh... Wait, didn't somebody ask something, or did we already answer that last time? I think we answered that last time, if it happened, but... Yeah, I mean, nothing new in Q&A quest since last Thursday. Okay. And it was a discussion of me saying something about the, jet, the French word for the color of Oh, yeah, 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 I remember seeing that. Yeah. So. Bleu. Bleu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sacre bleu. No. You know, we've already discussed a lot of the, the crazier new stuff last whenever last Friday. Yeah. Rip and Peace stuff. Alpha Dream. Oh. Yeah. And the Metal Max, Max and stuff. Yeah. So. Metal Max Zeno Reborn 2. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I heard just, that one. Was just bad. notice that all of the Metal Max remakes have an R in them. Yeah. Returns, Reloaded, Reborn. Yeah, that's definitely... I'm not sure why Metal Max Xeno Reborn 2 is being called that, given that there is no Metal Max Xeno 2, but... Maybe because they want... They're hoping that Reborn is such an improvement they're hoping that, that people will connect yeah. it to that instead. Yeah, I could see them being like, no, we promise. We promise. Yeah. It'll have the dog. The dog! And a lot of other improvements. Um, just a handful of screenshots I've seen have improved monster sprites at least well that's uh, something yeah 
I'm I'm waiting to see some actual screenshots from stuff that I have not played in the game. But aside from I the dog. Do, I do appreciate uh, that the Metal Max Xeno Reborn logo looks like the Mad Max Fury Road one. <laughs> well, hey, when if you're going to wear your... Yeah, just own it. ...expressions that openly, yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like the crazy flamethrower guitarist in Fury Road would not have been the perfect Metal Max. Boss. That is just... <laughs> if, he's, if he's not in Reborn, I mean, you they screwed up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, Season of Steel had a very similar cyborg character called Johnny B. Bad. That's also a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh, no, there is actually a professional wrestler from like 1995 called Johnny B. Bad. Okay, well then, I'm not sure if they knew that, but yay. They probably didn't. Wrestled in WWF in the late 90s as the wild man, Mark Marrow. Mm-hmm. That's been your wrestling minute. Yeah, I I briefly got into wrestling in like middle school when um it was when Goldberg was popular and then The Rock got popular after that. So this would have been oh ninety eight, two thousand yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. So Man, I yeah. think my Listen, the best thing that ever happened in WCW is right when it's circling the drain and they're like the entire storyline turns into everyone hates working here. And if you can destroy your contract, you're allowed to leave. (laughs) They reached a point where they reached a point where an on TV plot line was that Goldberg had eaten his contract and that it somehow still existed. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. They showed him eat it on television. I don't know if you guys watched the last week tonight episode about wrestling in the WWF, and there's oh, some dis- disturbing stuff in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. more you know about wrestling, the worse it is. Yeah, seriously. So. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think we've just about run our course. <laughs> um, the only other thing I have to mention is I'm nearing the end of Magical Star Sign. Oh, how's that going? Oh, it's just as fun as I remember from 13 years ago. So, yeah. So, fun. Cool. Fun, weird, and Brownie Brown is the master of combining really cute graphics with incredibly dark plot twists. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, this is the game where the where the announcement that the robot apocalypse is going to happen within the next one to ten years is a side note. For how awful things are about to get. <laughs> Don't worry, there's plenty of other things that you're, you're more worried about than the robots. Yeah, I mean, there's the Eldritch Abomination living inside the sun that's about to awaken and devour the entire solar system. Oh, I'm into it. As, as a part of the process of renewal of the solar system, so if you actually stop it, you are condemning the your entire little universe to heat death. <laughs> At least it'll be quick. Uh, uh, no, I mean eventual heat death, as in the universe is about to is eventually. No, no, I mean in terms out. of the Eldritch Abomination. At least it'll be quick. <laughs> the Eldritch Abomination con- will um, convert all living matter into gummy, and then Delicious. eat you. Oh, <laughs> oh, what? Gummy oh, remember, remember, this is a series gummy where primary healing items are gummy frogs and gummy worms, and we're not talking about just candy things. We're talking about creatures that you can catch on screen. We are the cool. So, um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, gummy bears, in this case, the gummy bears would not be flesh and blood. They would be literal gelatin. And gummy berry, gummy berry juice. <laughs> we can jump like kangaroos. Oh, no. Okay, okay. We have to We have to stop this before we're allowed right. to continue. Well, well real quick, um, I did get, since I am playing horror games this month, I did get Dying Light, the following Enhanced Edition on PC. My computer connect, my old ass computer can actually run it. So that's cool. Um, and I did get Ion Fury. It's a first person shooter in the Duke Nukem engine. Oh, yeah, new. the build engine one. It's have like, not started it yet. Two or but three very months ex- ago, yeah. Very excited about that. Um, and what I'm just going through my Steam list real quick. What else have I been working on here? Um. This is why me and Wheels are friends, and also why we shouldn't be friends with anyone else. <laughs> oh, I got a free copy of Super Neptunia RPG that I didn't start yet. Yeah, don't Cause remember, Yeah, because RP Gamer got like a whole buttload of codes for that, and... One person volunteered to review it, and then the rest of us were told we didn't have to review it. Or at least I think that's what happened. I hope that's... Oh, great. You just reminded me that I eventually need to see if Moe Crystal plays on this game. Moe! Oh. <laughs> just because I did get it a year and a half ago, and I did say I'd write an impression on it eventually, and I did realize that it does not work on my old laptop. Oof. I'm just remembering that time that like Wheels almost got tricked into rede- redeeming a copy of uh, Mugen Soul Z. Oof, oof. <laughs> that was that was a close call. Let me tell you. Yeah, for, for a while, that was our website's version of Rick rolling them. Yeah. <laughs> it never quite worked, which is the real tragedy. Oh look, That's I do not have... a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that I have Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen on PC. Cool. Which, That's a good uh, yeah, um, that does have 4K support in that version. And I did get the bundle that came with the soundtrack and the art book. Cool. And I'm, and I'm trying to figure out why I have 50 plus games on Steam. Um, oh, those 50? accumulate like rats. 50? I have um, 381. Oh, yeah. Geez. Well, I mean, some of these were directly from RP Gamer, a couple of these were from Secret Santa. At least four of these was because this one indie development studio kept sending codes to my old RP Gamer email account, <laughs> which I need to I need to figure out what the password was to that again, so I can actually uh, see how many emails have accumulated in the last eight months, ten months. Um, time to time to speak with an administrator. <laughs> and a couple of them are free, and I really sh- you know some of these I really should actually try and play sometime. Holy. Ex- okay, it's okay, sending bad Steam games was like a friend of mine's uh, customary form of greeting for a while, so I, I got a lot of garbage. I don't remember why I have Ambition of the Slimes because I thought I only bought that for my brother. Hmm. Maybe it was on sale. Weird. Perhaps. Okay. Crypt of oh, the um, Necromancer, haha. Oh, I got that on Switch, yeah. I need to I pick up uh, Cadence of Hyrule. Oh. No, yeah, I, mean, so I, I was um, I was an like an um, early access person for Crypt of the Necrodancer. Same. Oh. 
Yeah, um, I played the pre-alpha build at Tokyo Game Show back in like 2013, and I just put money down for it online like right afterwards. Oh my god! I need to spread the story because every time I remember it, it's hilarious. So a friend of mine uh, was playing, uh, played crypt, uh, not had played Crypt of the Necrodancer to some extent. Has never played a Zelda game, and played a bit of Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, that's interesting. They, they saw a cuckoo and immediately attempted to kill it. <laughs> Not knowing what that would do. Oh, oh boy. Exactly what you think would happen happened. <laughs> wow. It's beautiful. It's like, yeah, yeah the, I mean, Skyrim's first chicken has nothing on those things. Oh, those things are hateful. But yeah, no, it was, it was just amazing to watch that play out in real time. Like, realizing partway through, oh no, you're trying, no, you aren't supposed to, no, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then you just sit back and enjoy the schadenfreude. Listen, I didn't want them to die, it's just what happened. <laughs> you, you may not have wanted them to die, but you enjoyed watching it all the same. Listen, that was the, that was the same weekend where I saw them hold an N64 controller for the first time, and it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> oh my god. Because they just grabbed... They grabbed the left and right prongs and tried to extend their thumb Oof. to reach <laughs> the, the analog <laughs> Rookie mistake. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, yeah. I didn't remember what it looked like to have no idea how to control this thing. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Oh, did I ever mention that I did get Goldeneye to run on the NES Classic Edition? Goldeneye. Why? <laughs> and it was somewhat playable, and I do have the, um, With the Classic NES Controller, Controller Pro. No, I have the Classic Controller Pro that has the two sticks uh, on it. Playable-ish. <laughs> Ish. So, that was fun. That was a fun experiment, and... Yeah. yeah. Well, guy 007. This may shock people, but old first-person shooters don't generally age very well. Well, nice, still charming, even if it's not great. I mean, I think um, Perfect Dark yeah. aged somewhat well, at least better than GoldenEye did, and especially because it did get the remaster on the 360. That remaster is actually quite playable. Yeah. Yes. It's very good. Um, apparently, I got. Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition on April 3rd, 2018, and only played it for 89 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. That gets you the full, that gets you the full Neverwinter Nights experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is more broken than I remember. Oh. There's a reason people typically forget about that one. And then the second one, I don't know what happened with that second one. Neverwinter Nights 2? Yeah, that one was It was just an Obsidian awful. game that no one that got, like... A year less development than it needed. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I have a funny story about that. Oh, no. Never really? Nights too. Um, which, uh, so I got to interview the head of, um, what's the name of the studio that does those remasters? Oh, uh, Beamdog. Yeah. Beamdog? Yes. Uh, so I was asking him, like, you know, 
about kind of the two missing D&D games they hadn't remastered, Icewind Vale 2 and Neverwinter Nights 2. And the sad the sad one is Icewind Vale 2, apparently the source code is gone. Wow. Like, uh, that uh, one was weird, though. Yeah, That, that was one was basically thing. a bunch of combat challenges for super players. Yeah, I forget who made that, but yeah, that one was going on. But that one was also interesting because it actually used third edition Dungeons & Dragons yeah. rules, so... So you know, haste was broken. It, but it was it was an interesting game. But yeah, that was sad. But Neverwinter Nights two was like so. Neverwinter Nights one was like this guy's kind of it was like his project. The Electron and Engine. He not really a fan of. He's not really a fan of Neverwinter Nights two. So <laughs> sounds like there's no interest in remastering that at all. That's a shame. It's not the worst thing in the world. But. Yeah, well, I it, it uh, people should dig up this interview because it's uh, it's uh, in audio form. I I uh, can find it on the website. Just search for PAX. But um, it, it's it was interesting hearing him to describe like the intent of Neverwinter Nights and why it wasn't like Baldur's Gate and like the whole you know. It was supposed to be more like recreating the tabletop experience where you make your one character and then, you know, go on this adventure as opposed opposed to like a party of like pre-made characters and pre-made story and whatnot. And Neverwinter Nights 2 was kind of like this bastardized version of that game trying to go back to like the Baldur's Gate type of game, but not really succeeding. So it was just interesting to hear that perspective of like, you know, I always kind of wondered what the intent was behind Neverwinter Nights and really doing something different than the Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate games. And it was cool to get that perspective. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, necessarily know that I would say Neverwinter Nights succeeded, but it's interesting to hear what they were attempting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Neverwinter Nights 2 has its moments, as most Obsidian games do. It's just a question of how 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 early were they released? Yeah. Are we yeah. talking three months or two years? Well, I mean, it, yeah, and Obsidian is doing well now. Because um, well, they got eaten by Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, but like, oh man, um, we were talking about buggy games before. I mean, and we were talking about Bethesda. Well, we didn't mention Fallout New Vegas, now did we? Yeah, I will forgive. I will forgive all the bugs of Fallout New Vegas because it's the best of the the three D Fallout's. Full well, they got. It's, okay. it's essentially it's essentially <laughs> the reconstituted remains of the original Fallout Three. Yes. It has yeah. tons of plot hooks that are known to have existed in the Van Buren version. Hmm. Uh, uh, but then, um, I mean, but Pillars of Eternity, I mean, total masterpiece. Um, two, I I was the one who reviewed, and good, but not as good. I mean, better gameplay in most areas, but weak story and characters. Um, did any of you guys play Tyranny, though? I've heard people yeah. like that, but I don't play a lot of long RPGs on my PC, so I haven't... Uh... Yeah, that um, I logged six hours into it uh, two and a half years ago. Oh, how about that? Ouch. But uh, it's um, no, I I did like what I played, but yeah, because they said it was just a little different. It was more linear. Um, mm. basically, you 
it's in the story the bad guys already won so you are basically the henchman of the tyrant you know and he tasks you with basically resolving a situation and if you don't do it in the right amount of time he kills everyone including you so so you have like these time limits placed into the game as well it, it was kind of bizarre actually but decent combat a, a, a decent successor to the old uh you know infinity engine games um, yeah so yeah no i'm just going through my steam list a lot of cool stuff in here and a lot of garbage too that i bought before the run refund policy was in effect oh boy oops <laughs> yeah i mean i'm to to tie off the obsidian discussion i'm interested in outer worlds i'm interested in how that turns out i'll probably that, end up waiting does that come out next week it comes out on the 25th okay oh already yeah and that's gonna go straight to game pass though so cool i'll just pick up the switch version whenever that rolls out uh, yep cool that's still one of those ones where it's like, I was expecting to wait at least a year before someone announced a Switch version of that, but someone decided to do that. Someone got ahead of that right away. <laughs> well, hmm. I guess I'll wait. <laughs> I do need I mean, to but... pick up the Switch Pillars games, though. Well, yeah, I... Is one out already? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I August played, 2019. Um... I tried okay. to play the first one on PS4 because it's on PlayStation Now. I'm sorry, I, I could not handle that controller. I, I, I need a mouse and keyboard. I just do. Meanwhile, I'm the opposite. I despise mouse and keyboard controllers. Wow. So. Okay, cool. So this is a situation where it's just like, nah, I just, I just have to play a version that doesn't do this. <laughs> okay. Cool. Never feels right in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should probably put this show on, put the show to bed, because we could probably keep going. Yeah, we could, uh, we could go on for a long time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> questions in the usual. Oh, you know what? Hmm? I'll save my Spider-Man thing for next time. Wow. You do that, please. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Questions in normal place, etc. Stuff, things, destiny, uh, Monster Hunter. Etc. There should be uh, another Princesses of the Pizza Parlor coming out this month. Keep that in mind. Hey, did I just go an entire podcast without badmouthing Monster Hunter? What? No, we're going to stop so that you keep your record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. good, good references do not work that way. Good night. Good night. <laughs> good night, hey, everyone. Go. Thanks for having me back. No problem. All right. A scrub is a guy that thinks he's fly and is also known as a buster. Always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broken.